of right when my son was born was definitely like he he came out and I met him and I almost it was like I could hear the universe saying your timer starts now eight weeks and you have to go back and that such an emotional and painful um first couple of thoughts as you're like holding your new baby that you're so excited to like cherish and get to know I decided kind of then and there that if we were gonna ever have more children I could not do that again I couldn't put myself through the stress of making that transition uh so it was then with a with a newborn in my lap that I started getting up at 4 a.m every morning before work and growing a business uh while while working my full-time job and so I was able to kind of gather enough client work um, over the next, I believe it was about two years uh, in order to go part-time at my day job and then did two years of part-time before I was actually able to go full-time in my business. But I, I that was very intentional. Um, I'm the breadwinner in our family and um, me not having my income was not something that felt safe or secure for me. So I just wanted to do it slow and steady and, and make sure all my bases were covered. Help Me See is a podcast that redefines the word vision. Through vulnerable and real conversations, my own private introspective ramblings about the things that I think about in the wee hours of the morning, and my deep core belief that your nothingness is your everything, and all you have to do is see. I'm Bianca Mora, I'm your host. I am an educator, a photographic artist, and I believe that your daily photo habit can be the key to unlocking the ability to be more present in your everyday life and live deeper into your intention and purpose. We're not about the small talk here. Grab your coffee, get cozy, and let's talk. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Help Me See. So today on the show, we have Emmy Kissinger. She is the owner and founder of ConnectWell Social, a social media micro agency. And she's on a mission to help businesses cultivate the power of meaningful connections using social media. So why I'm so excited to share Emmy's story is because Emmy moved into entrepreneurship and doing what she felt so called to do in a way that was slow and felt comfortable and safe for her. And I don't know that we hear a lot of stories like this. I think that it's more common that we hear about people that take a big jump and plunge and it's either now or never. And she really has a different story than that. And I loved, loved, loved hearing about her taking the steps to do what she wanted to do most um, in a way that felt good to her. And I, I hope that you enjoy listening to it. Uh, this week, I've had a lot going on. My son is going to be home for two weeks because my mom is visiting. And I posted a reel the other day on Instagram about looking versus seeing and how there's a way to recognize the impermanence of both the sweet and precious and also the frustrating and hard, right? And how there's beauty in both of them. And I then made sure to follow up (laughs) that post with a chat with me talking about how important it is that I straight up call out 
the fact that I'm not wanting to talk about looking through everything with a positive lens. And it's not all about pretending like the really hard stuff is still beautiful when you don't feel like that. Um, But there is a conversation that I want to have about what happens when we use our cameras or our phones as a way to kind of neutralize, as a way to put a barrier between you being fully engaged in the angsty feelings of what's happening, i.e. my son having a tantrum, and, and look at it through the filter of, hmm, this is impermanent. I'm going to take a video of this or take a picture of this, and this isn't forever. And maybe it's not all frustrating. Maybe it's not all a bad feeling inside me right now. Maybe it's the heat of the moment. So I think that reframing the narrative around only taking pictures of what we assume that we will want to remember, getting used to taking pictures as a way of almost a visual diary, a visual journal. So it's not filtering for only one specific kind of moment, but it is actually creating a rich and diverse and holistic archive of your life to reflect on um, for years to come. Anyway, that is my two cents there. I will stay in touch with you guys on Instagram. If you aren't following me on Instagram, it's at uh, and that's the handle. Uh, Leah is L-E-A. That's what I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you want to learn more about Emmy, just visit the show notes. I'll talk to you soon. Before I hop into our juicy conversation, I wanted to let you know that I'm hosting a workshop, a free workshop called Presence Through Photography. And it's all about how your photographs can deepen your life experience. It's about powerful self-discovery through your daily photo habit. I'm literally combating the whole idea of it's gluttonous to take a photo. Why can't I just be in the moment and telling you exactly why photographs and the art of taking a photo, even just a casual snapshot can actually be a portal to dropping you deeper into a moment and even more so deeply into your life. So if you're interested in this and you want to join us live or you want to get sent the replay link, head and go to my show notes and click the link and sign up there. I really hope to see you there. I am so stoked about it. All right, now on with the show. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Help Me See. And today we have Emmy Kessinger on the call. I'm so excited. Um, Emmy is a wife and mom of three from Iowa. She's the owner and founder of ConnectWell Social, a social media micro agency that's on a mission to help businesses cultivate the power of meaningful connections using social media. And this makes me really excited to talk to Emmy because um we have been talking about presence and how it shows up in our lives and in our work. And now this month is transitioning into creation. And I think the two are so connected. And I think Emmy's a perfect person to talk about this. So Emmy, thank you for being here. How are you? I'm doing well. <laughs> thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here. <laughs> Um, would you, before we get rolling, just give us a little bit of your background and your story and, you know, the things that made you 
who you are and led you to where you are today. Yeah. So like you said, I am a mom from Iowa. We have a nice little homestead here with backyard chickens and some pets. We have three fun little kids. So I have a seven-year-old, a four-year-old, and um, a a baby who's almost seven months. And so um, my journey has really been one where I feel like the motherhood experience has been really um, powerful in my life and sort of something that has led me to make um, big decisions, especially in terms of what I wanted to create in the world and um, how I wanted to be present with my family uh, as I experience my life and um, try to stay very present in it. So what were those big decisions? Was that once you became a mother, it kind of um, switched your your view on what you wanted to do? Yes, definitely. So uh, I went to uh, college and graduate school to become a school psychologist, and um, I really enjoyed that work. I became pregnant right at the end of graduate school, so started my career off kind of like ready to roll, ready to get things done in the schools. Uh, Six months into that, I had my son, um, our first baby, and uh, it was in those first moments of meeting him that I really had that ping of like, oh, I want to stay with him. I want to be with him. I I don't want to go back and spend eight hours away from him. And so that has definitely been um, a determining factor in how I've sort of uh, manifested my business in my life and um, just kind of grown into the woman that I am today. Mm, yes, such a relatable experience. Um, and you said the magic word for me, I, I use this word a lot and that's ping. It's that ping, when you feel that ping. Um, can you describe that ping? I know it's hard. There's like no words. Can you describe? It's a visceral feeling. Um, but for me, I feel like um, I feel that ping when I want to take a photograph and I I just equivocate that that word and that sensation to you dropping into a moment and you recognizing something that's like deeply um, connected to your soul. So can you talk about what that ping felt like? Yeah, definitely. I for sure am 100% the same as you. I definitely feel that ping when uh, I, I want to take a picture. I want to take a photograph or even when I wish someone would snap a picture of me and my kids together. Uh, but the ones that I'm thinking of right when my son was born was definitely like he he came out and I met him and I almost it was like I could hear the universe saying your timer starts now eight weeks and you have to go back and that was such an emotional and painful um first couple of thoughts as you're like holding your new baby that you're so excited to like cherish and get to know yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that was eight weeks for you. That was your maternity. Leave? Yeah. Yep. Cause I had just started my job. So I, um, didn't have, uh, like a traditional amount of maternity leave. I could only use the sick days I was given cause I hadn't been with the agency for a full year. Um, so even though I had an emergency C-section and was completely sedated for the experience, uh, yes, it was only eight weeks that I was able to stay home. And we actually moved during that time too, to a different house. So it was just a really crazy, <laughs> I always think back and think about how, um, breastfeeding was actually still painful and not established when I went back to work. 
And did and did you and this might be a personal nope. question? Continue like pumping during work? Like how does that even work in the school system? Yes, I was able to take great pump breaks. Uh, I had to. I think I pumped like three to four times a day in order to make enough milk, and then would like mm-hmm. s- you know be awake all night like trying to figure out the latch and like still. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yep. I get so rageful when I think about the 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 pressures of you know the timer and the timeline and the, you feel like your clock is ticking and how that has to be um, such a big part of so many stories of, of births in today, even today's day and age, especially today's day and age. So one, thank you for sharing that. I feel like that's something that's like highly relatable. Um, And also I'm curious at when, at what point, because I know you're, you have three babies now that you decided to take the leap and make that transition uh, into being a full-time entrepreneur. Yeah, it was definitely a slow transition. Uh, So after my daughter was born, um, decided that like, if we were going to have more children, I couldn't do it again. Like I knew I could do it. Like I had already signed my contract. I really didn't have a choice, but to go back to work after our second child. And so I knew that I would just have to do it. I'd have to suck it up. Um, but I decided kind of then and there that if we were going to ever have more children, I could not do that again. I couldn't put myself through the stress of making that transition. Uh, so it was then with a, with a newborn in my lap that I started getting up at 4am every morning before work and growing a business uh, while, while working my full-time job. And so I was able to kind of gather enough client work um, over the next, I believe it was about two years uh, in order to go part-time at my day job and then did two years of part-time before I was actually able to go full-time in my business. But I, I that was very intentional. Um, I'm the breadwinner in our family and um, me not having my income was not something that felt safe or secure for me. So I just wanted to do it slow and steady and, and make sure all my bases were covered. It's so good to hear that. I feel like the the stories that we hear most and that are talked about most are the more dramatic ones, right? The more like, and then I just quit because I was enraged or then, you know, just taking those, those leaps um, a little bit quicker. But that is such a, a comforting and, um, and safe feeling transition for exactly what you discussed, um, and described, uh, And that the level of commitment, 4am with a newborn doing the thing. And over time, your consistency um, enabled you to be where you want to be now. And um, can you this is a little bit taking a a side road, but I'm just so (laughs) intrigued by this. Can you describe the feeling of then after all of that, like commitment and dedication, um, then when you made the transition, like finally doing the thing. Uh, it was definitely a mix of uh, excitement and fear. <laughs> yeah. So I was like so ready and so willing and like I was like I have to make this work. The time is now. I cannot keep doing this. Like I have way too much on my plate. I've got too many kids. <laughs> Something. <laughs> um, but also, you know, letting go of that security and that um consistent paycheck was really, really challenging. And, um, I just kind of hold on to the idea that, uh, there's always needs in the schools. If I ever want to go back, I always could. Um, and I truly did love that work. I love working with the teachers. I love working with the parents and the students, of course. Uh, so, <clears throat> you know, 
I don't even know if that chapter is closed for sure for me, but I know that mm. right now, now that we have our third child, our sweet little girl, um, my time is definitely best spent at home with her. And I'm just so, so grateful for the, the time I'm having with her. Oh, so beautiful. Okay. Let, let's talk about your time. Oh. Let's talk about your time. So speaking of time, what can you describe when I ask you know, to think of a moment where you felt like, yes, like this, like deeply present. Um, just can you describe that moment and what it feels like or felt like in your mind, body and soul? Yes. Okay. So um, a time when I felt deeply present in my life was uh, definitely like the moment that I met my son. Uh, like I said, kind of before, uh, it was kind of a traumatic birth and um, I just kind of had woken up after this major surgery and I was in so much pain that the nurses and the doctors were both were just like, we're so sorry, we can't get your pain under control. And I'm just like, I am do not know what is happening here, but this is not good. And so they wanted to bring my baby in. And um, I was just like, I don't think I'm ready. I don't, I am in too much pain to even handle that at this time. Um, and really had, I think, just a lot of fear about being in that state and meeting my child. And so when they wheeled him in and my husband kind of picked him up and handed him to me, uh, it was just such a magical and meaningful moment of kind of like everything washing away and just looking at him, looking at my husband and my husband goes, what do you think we should name him? And at this point, like I'm realizing like all of my family met my child before I did. And that just being so painful, but looking at him and I'm like, Oh, I, th I think his name isn't the one we picked. Like, I think his name is Fox. And my husband said, that's exactly what I was thinking. I, he was holding him in the other room thinking the same thing. And so we looked up at my sisters who were down at the bottom of the bed and we're like, we think we're going to name him Fox. And they're like, you're joking. <laughs> um, but it was just such a magical moment of like, you know, almost... I think the word I used when I've described the story before is like palpable, like you could almost like touch it and feel it. But very, very fortunately, we did have a t photographer who actually stuck around for like the whole night. And we have that moment on camera and I'm so grateful that we do. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. Oh, and what a um, what an anchoring uh, experience to know that you were in such discomfort and that discomfort is putting it <laughs> mildly <laughs> you were in such I don't even know the correct word um because it's not even just it is so physical but it's also so much mm -hmm. else and then you were still able to expand your capacity to welcome in like the beauty of that moment and meeting your son and it's just that must have been such an expansive like moment for you in so many different ways like I, I mean I don't think there's no going back from that like I feel like your capacity is just like off the charts <laughs> yeah I like to think of it as um in twilight what do they call it when like is it like imprinting or something like that yeah 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 <laughs> oh my gosh that's so crazy. I actually had a very similar experience of the, the name. We were 99.9% .9 going to name my son. He came out and we're like, he doesn't look like that. <laughs> He's not really prepared because they're like, you know, these little tiny blobs. So you're like, how does he not look like that? I don't know, but he doesn't. 
So you said Fox? Yes, yes that's our no, Love it. We watched Love it. X-Files while I was pregnant, I think. <laughs> Hilarious. Our son's name is Cassius. So our family had the same reaction. They were like, what? <laughs> okay, so... So yes, there's this intense, um, palpable, that's, I love how you describe it in the way of like, you, it's like, you can almost touch it <laughs> moment. Um, so there's that experience. And then there are other moments in our lives that aren't like that, but you are still able to have that sensation not the same, but that sensation of uh, palpable um, appreciation and gratitude and sinking into that moment. What does presence look like in other parts of your life that are, you know, the more day to day? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, oh, so it is definitely a struggle to stay present uh, being a work from home mom. I don't know who necessarily listens to this podcast, but if uh, you are a work from home mom, you know that it's a constant battle and um, kind of like shifting of your attention from one thing to another thing. You're, you're focusing on your work and then you grab fruit snacks and you go and wipe the bottom and then you focus on your work and then something else. <laughs> And then you wipe the bottom. <laughs> it's true. That's that's what you do if you have kids my age. Um, so being able to stay present in those moments where I'm choosing to focus on being uh, present with my children or being present with my work uh, are the things I have to sort of like uh, integrate, I guess, throughout a, any given day. You know, and we, we had had a conversation before and something that you said really stuck with me because I've recognized that in my pursuit of, you know, being a work from home ish, I have a studio that I go to, but I only spend a couple hours there. You know, it's very, very flexible and whatever the day needs is what happens. Um, but I have found such an increased amount of like irritability and frustration in me. And I'm realizing more and more that those things come to me when I'm trying to multitask, even in my mind. Like if I'm like trying to think through something for my business or, you know, even my art, you know, which is one of the same, but like at one with my kids and they keep talking, I'm getting frustrated, but it has nothing to do with them. And, but it's so hard for me to cut cut and like separate. Um, can you talk about your experience with that? Because um, you're talking about the shifting and the in and out of that. And it's, it can be really challenging to break your flow um, in and in both when you're like with the kids or working on business. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. And I think it's been like a really almost lifelong process of learning how to uh, sort of like come out of flow. Like you have to be able to like gracefully like pop out and pop back in. And it's something that is definitely not easy, but I do think it's a skill that can sort of be honed in on if you are actually being very present and thinking about um, the fact that you actually need to do that rather than just like trying to like, I, I have the frustration, like you said, come up all the time. Um, and so in those moments, realizing like, oh, I'm brainstorming something for my business while I'm pushing my daughter on the swing and she's trying to tell me a story. And so I have to make a choice. Like, what am I doing right now? Am I trying to work? Am I trying mm. to think about my business or am I going to play monster and chase them around? 
I'm writing that down. What am I doing right now? <laughs> I love that. It's so simple, but it's, it's so it can feel so complicated. You mentioned gracefully coming out of flow. Is there a way that you could describe doing that? Or is it truly like your way of anchoring into that? Just, okay, you, when you notice that you're in a limbo, what am I doing right now? Or is there something else that you kind of build into your transition? Yeah, I think it's definitely just like noting the shift. So like, I almost, it's almost yeah. like I think or I say to myself, like, okay, I'm going to stop working now. And I'm going to do this other thing. And then I just kind of like, close my computer, close out of the tab that I'm trying to work in type of thing. Right, right, right. right. Okay, yeah, shut down. <laughs> <laughs> Vice versa. Um, I'll also tell my children and I'll tell my husband now uh, I'm working I, or I'm going to start doing this thing um, because for a long time there was a lot of frustration between like he thinks I'm just scrolling Facebook and I'm actually like doing my legion and engagement. So, um, you know, communication is really helpful for the people around you who are like, you're on your phone all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you're like this is a very deceiving looking job okay <laughs> well speaking speaking of that I know that your work with your clients is a lot about talking about this genuine connection and um and also there's this tension between posting on social media and posting um content that is authentic not just feels brandedly authentic, right? So can you talk about kind of your work life in that way and, and how your creations and, um, you know, the, the, what you advise your clients pulls from, you know, presence or whatever, what have you? Yeah. So um, a lot of what I talk with my clients about and really encourage them to do is to actually show their personality and, um, their quirks and who they are through social media. So we do that on a corporate level with my corporate clients. And we also do that with our um, small town community based clients. And so what it looks like oftentimes is, you know, actual pictures of the people who are working at the register at our local um, liquor store or um, taking pictures of uh, the corporate um salespeople at their actual booth uh when they're out at a corporate conference type of thing uh and i've seen that it's really powerful and i know that it is because of the amount of engagement that it brings in and the amount of clicks that are um, being generated for the websites but i also notice most recently that uh especially in the corporate world where we have um competitors who have um a social media presence that's much, much different than what I'm recommending are actually doing some shifting over to posting more of that personalized um, and, and those faces, because I think it is so powerful to actually have a face behind the brand. The faces, the actual people. It's so funny how overlooked that can be. Do you feel a uh, resistance from your clients, especially at a corporate level, um, when this is your, your suggestion? Um... I, not particularly because most of them are working with me because that is sort of the presence that I'm promoting, um, as far as yeah, like yeah. the marketing that I do. Um, but also I think there is such a huge push, especially like on, uh, LinkedIn right now to do more live videos, um, to get more video content out there. And 
I mean, you have to have a person talking or a face in a video, especially with our short form content on reels and TikToks and Facebook reels, um, because otherwise, like people, if, unless there's a story, unless there's a face or a person, people are just not really going to engage with the content at, at a high level. And what do you think that's about? Well, um, I am a psychologist, so I probably have a little insight. <laughs> I know that's what I was sneakily wanting to hear your uh, your your opinion on it because I always said that if I if I could do anything else I would uh, go to school for psychology so I can't wait to hear. <laughs> you just learn so much about how people operate, but uh, it's definitely I think connection. Everybody craves connection. Everyone wants more connection in their life, and so if you can feel a strong connection and a personal relationship with a local business in your town, you're going to be so much more likely to shop there um, than their competitors. Now more than ever, I'm finding so much fulfillment in, in connecting with, with others, especially others that I'm finding in, you know, kind of like-minded circles. Um, Can, can you talk about how that, that craving for connection has increased over, I mean, over the past couple of years and what that looks oh, like. Oh gosh, hasn't it though? Um, with the mm-hmm. pandemic and uh, people being at home, I think it's increased so much. And I think, especially in terms of, well, just being a mom, like I feel like a lot of the moms groups haven't even necessarily started back up yet. And so I think that's a challenge for a lot of people. Uh, and a lot of like groups actually did shift over to social media and more of a virtual offering. And it's just, it's not the same same at all. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's, I, I agree. I've been thinking about this too. It's kind of, it feels weird to transition back to physical. Like I actually just had my first ever like meet and greet with a, a local, um, entrepreneur, um, that was a coffee. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm going on a blind date. Like this is so weird because when we were like, Oh, we, why are we going to zoom? We live 20 minutes from each other. Why don't we just meet? And I was like, uh, (laughs) yeah, I guess so. And it was amazing. And it's like, you, I don't know. It's like now the standard is just everything is virtual. So, so having a physical interaction with someone almost feels like a very um, intense situation. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's strange. I also think that we hear a lot about how, you know, even though we're so connected digitally, people have never felt more alone, but I also think that we're in this this new kind of period where more and more gorgeous, like super personal, like, um, groups are being created and programs and, you know, masterminds like the one that we're both in, I mean, for, uh, Amber Lillistrom. And so it's just this like wonderful push and pull of, and, and both. And I think that, um, it's all very fluid. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I just think that there's so much in the spectrum. Yeah. And one thing I have noticed is, uh, especially locally, when someone does, does host a live event now, boy, do people show up. Um, it has really? really? So like our local fairs, um, the, I mean, the people are out. The people are ready. The people are bored of being at home. Um, so I've noticed that a, a, across a few different areas. So I don't know if people are looking to host a live event. Now might be the time, especially like small networking events that maybe feel a little bit safer. Um, 
Yeah, I think people are, are getting out. I think that that's something that's just made me think of this. It feels very exotic almost at this point to have a feeling of presence with someone other than your core people, like your family. Mm-hmm. So I think that was part of the experience when I like met that that person for that uh, coffee date. I was like, oh, it felt, you know, we had, <laughs> shocker, we had some vulnerable conversation. <laughs> And it just felt like exhilarating to connect deeply with someone that isn't your family, right? Like in a physical way. So it's just, it's a very, um, it's an interesting new, new land we're traversing here. I couldn't agree more. It's it's very unique and interesting and so strange that we're even here, right? (laughs) Yeah, that we're here right now having this conversation. Oh my goodness. Um, And, you know, just to pull it back around, so in my mind, I have your, you know, being with the kids, being present, having your social media um, work in your micro agency. But where is that? I'm thinking of a Venn diagram. So where is Emmy when you're with your family and also feeling that ping to, you know, create a bit like a a home video, a family video or a photograph and still wanting to be present. Um, what does that look like for you? Because I, I, um, hold the belief that, uh, taking a photo doesn't take you out of the moment. I believe that it can actually enrich your moment as well. Um, if that's what you want to be doing and it doesn't have to be a barrier. So what are your thoughts on that? And what is, um, you know, being with your family and doing that look like? Uh, it's such a, it's so interesting to like dial in on that aspect of being a human in 2022. Um, something that has been a huge hobby for me and one of my like greatest passions and deepest loves is creating, uh, like a yearly family photo book, like the, you know, Shutterfly type of book. And so I'm always kind of thinking about how, you know, I'm documenting our life as we go throughout the year. Like I am the student who's like making the yearbook. (laughs) So I have to take the pictures as time goes on. Right. (laughs) And also we utilize uh, like an app called tiny beans and uh, pretty much every night I go and I upload our family pictures from that day, whatever kind of happened uh, photos and videos into the app so that uh, grandparents and family members can check in and see what the kids were up to that day. The other day I posted. Um, so it's kind of like a little social media platform, uh, that only family are, are linked into. Imagine that a social media manager that uses social media in her spare time. (laughs) (laughs) But I love it. it, It's sort of, um, it's one of the maternal duties that I have accepted and love, Uh, of just kind of like creating our story and building it each and every day and uh, having those memories to look back on because uh, I think we've all been those moms in the moment where we're like our kids are sleeping and we're like oh let's look at all the cute pictures of them (laughs) yeah (laughs) we're missing them because they're like not right here being crazy (laughs) jumping on the (laughs) (laughs) I think it's the definition of insanity I think (laughs) Oh my gosh. I I didn't know that about you. I love that, that you love doing the yearly album. What does that documentation look like for you? Like, is it, is it the small moments? Are you trying to capture both? Is it like, what, what are the 
characteristics of the things that make you kind of zero in on what you're doing? Uh, so throughout the day, it's definitely the small moments or the little things. And especially the times when I have actually taken the in- extra initiative to like do an activity with them. <laughs> Uh, when we're with family or like large groups of people, it's definitely more so um, kind of like the big moments. We went to a like a trail and we went by the beach last week when we were visiting my dad. And I got some really, really cool pictures of like the kids are out in the water. My dad and my sister and brother-in-law are up on the beach. It's just such a unique uh, photo of like all of these people like just together, but standing apart. I don't know. It's really cool. But yeah. I love- oh. Love it. We're going to have to take this offline because I, (laughs) I love one of my, um, uh, favorite things to do ever is to make, uh, albums that are uh, multimedia. So I love like having the present day photos, but also like if this photo makes me think of like a really old photo or like a past family member or whatever, like juxtaposing that and then like putting a, a scan of like a baby blanket piece or a dried flower. Just, oh, I love that kind of collage work. I love that. I have to start doing that. So what I do, uh, because I'm not as like creative as you, is I just buy one of those sticky pockets that go in the back so I can put stuff in. (laughs) That's awesome. So you can use physically save the thing. Yes. Yep. Oh, I mean, this has been such a good conversation. Can you, do you want to talk about what you're up to now? Is there anything that you want to share? And, you know, how can we uh, dive more into your world and, and your offerings? Uh, thank you so much for asking. I am just trying to grow my business a little bit this uh, over the next couple of years. And so I'm going to be taking on, you know, just probably one or two social media clients uh, for the rest of 2022 and uh, continuing to just serve my current clients as the the best that I can. Uh, if you are interested in checking out my my Instagram, that's where I love to hang out the most. Uh, Emmy underscore Kissinger is my personal profile, and Connect Well Social, all one word, is my um, business Instagram handle. And I would just love to connect with anybody who, um, you know, is out there and felt like they were connected to this conversation in some way. Totally. And you know, before and before we head out, even for my clarity, I'm not even 100% sure. So I wonder if if our listeners could uh, would want more clarity on this. As the social media manager and the work that you do, like what what is it specifically that you would be able to like take on and contribute um, to them as you're working with them? As a yeah, so mainly for small businesses, uh, a lot of times it's my clients are the people who see that their competitors are very active on social media, but they're not exactly sure where to go with it. Uh, so those are the people mm-hmm. I'm typically helping, and what it looks like is. Uh, for local clients, taking those pictures, uh, creating graphics, creating the content calendar, um, planning out the strategy from like a very psychological perspective, um, and then making sure it all gets done. And then also the account growth and engagement. And I know I'm throwing out a lot of like industry terms here, but um, essentially taking your social media channels and connecting them to the people that you want to connect with as a business owner. what an edge to have a social media person who has a background in psychology. (laughs) Like, I mean, that's amazing. That is amazing. Oh, so, so cool. I mean, so all of Emmy's links will be in the show notes. 
Um, thank you so much uh, for coming on and having this conversation. Yes, today. thank you for having me. This was so fun. And I just, I think you're doing incredible things in the world. Oh, thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode and want to get in on actual conversations with me, join the Help Me See podcast private Facebook group. Every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time, I'll be hopping on live for Q&A on the latest episode and for free consulting if you need a bit of help thinking about ways to save your memories. Did you get something out of this episode? I really, really, really hope you did. And I would love to hear from you. I'm on a mission to empower you to feel peace knowing that you are not missing your life. One of the best ways that you can support me is leaving a review. And honestly, I'd rather hear about the memory you saved because of this podcast rather than any kind of accolade. Tell me how this podcast has impacted you. And one, I'll probably cry. (laughs) And two, I'd love to give you a shout out on the show. Take a minute and head out to the link in the bio to write a review now on the podcast. 